This is Varian X, and this is The Candid Frame. We're pleased to announce the release of the first in a series of TCF-branded ebooks for 2015. The Candid Frame on Street Photography is a book in which I share tips and techniques that have helped me to develop as a street photographer. And I'm sharing it with you for free. Just sign up for the Candid Frame mailing list by visiting the website or clicking on the link in the show notes. Get it today, read it, and then get out on the street and start shooting. There are different phases that we go through in our journeys as photographers. The beginning often involves a lot of fumbling as we try to understand and master the technical, the camera, and software. Then we transition to the satisfaction of making a, a good photograph as we begin to develop a sense of composition, timing, lighting, and gesture. If we're persistent, we get to the point where the quality of our work is consistent. We can readily make good images that satisfy both ourselves and our clients. But a part of that journey often involves that inner voice that is demanding that we create more than just a single good or even great picture. It's a moment where we want to share more than just the fact that we're a decent photographer. For me and many others, that's the role of the personal project, an effort that not only allows the photographer to express something personal and important, but also challenges them in a way that a single picture never could. Andrew Tomasino found just such a project when he visited the Stonewall, a local game bar in Allentown, Pennsylvania. It was there that he discovered and eventually began to document the lives of performers and the audience for a popular drag queen review. An inspiration for this project was a conversation he had with a photographer, Steve Simon, the author of The Passionate Photographer and a former guest on TCF. I asked him what it was about that conversation that helped inspire him to take on this project. So I had a really amazing opportunity um, last year to travel with David Hobby. And um, as you know, and as most, uh, most of the people out there know, he um, runs a website called strobus.com. And uh, we kind of embarked on this journey together to start um, filming this travel project. And over the course of filming the traveling photographer, uh, we went to Dubai and uh, I had the opportunity to go to Gulf Photo Plus, which is just this amazing convention. It's actually going on as we speak. Uh, and Steve Simon and I kind of just, I was floating around. I was filming uh, a lot of the instructors just to get some B-roll. And he was talking about the importance of a, uh, of a personal project. And, um, and how his personal projects have helped him, uh, just in life in general, making art and, you know, um, as a photographer. So, you know, as the days went on, we got to, <clears throat> we got to have drinks together and stuff. And I was just super inspired by him and just the way he shoots and his overall demeanor is just, uh, is super comforting. So I kind of felt like I, uh, I could really confide in him and I was just explaining to him basically you know, I have this intense need to make images, but, um, I was so used to making portraits that, um, I was kind of getting burned out 
having to set up lights all the time and all of that. It's just kind of sometimes it's just a lot of work. And he kind of just point blank said, you know, you need a personal project. You have to invest your time into something and make it loose and make it fun or or make it something that means something to you. Um, and I thought, you know, what what is a project that I could really sink my teeth into? So I started thinking um, about just different experiences that I've had in my own life. And uh, I thought back to one of the first drag shows I went to. It kind of just jumped into my head at random. <clears throat> I mean, it is definitely a random thought. But when I was uh, when I was younger, I was uh, I was around 18 and I used to work at a local mall here in Pennsylvania. And um, I would be a designated driver for uh, the managers that were working at the store. Um, and I would go out uh, with them at night. And then we would actually, this is, it's, uh, I, that's why I won't say what, what store or what mall, <laughs> because, <laughs> because uh, we would go out all night. And then we would actually break, we had a, we had a door that we knew was broken and we'd actually break back into the mall and then fall asleep inside of the store and open the next day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was through the course of getting used to the going out on these Thursday nights all the time that I stumbled upon this place called the Stonewall. And, um, it's, uh, one of the only, uh, gay bars in my area and I stumbled upon this drag show and I remember just seeing this this amazing pageantry and showmanship and the costuming was amazing. Um, but I also knew at the time that I wasn't ready for something like that. And I said, uh, because at the time I, I love photography. I knew that I really wanted to pursue this, but I knew I wasn't good enough. Um, and I, I, I think as a younger photographer, you know, you might, you might, never think you're good enough, but I really knew I had to check myself in this, in this kind of moment and say, when I have a skill, when I have a really particular skill set that I know that I could go in and, and really focus on a project like this, um, I'm going to come back here and I, and I want to capture this. So when Steve and I were having this conversation in Dubai and now mind you, at this point I've had many years invested in photography. I've done a lot of assisting. It kind of just struck me as wow, okay, this is my opportunity. You know, I've put in a lot of work and I know I want to go back and I want to document these, uh, these incredible people's lives. So, um, that's what kind of sparked the idea for the project. What, what did you identify as the things that you were lacking that you knew were going to be important to, to be able to do justice to this story? And, and what were the, and what were the things that you developed beyond that, that helped you to do it? You know, you get, you get this amazing black box that you know that you can make it cool stuff with, you know, and you, you have so much energy when you're younger and you just want to, you just want to go out and you just want to snap a picture of a dog and a picture of your girlfriend or a picture of, you know, uh, this interesting landscape and stuff. And I, and I knew at that point that I was very much, I just wanted to kind of taste every little, um, piece of photography that I could. And I, but I think I, I, maybe I was just lucky that I had the foresight to know eventually I'm going to have to figure out what speaks to me, you know? And I know a lot of photographers who get started and they go from one 
end of photography to the completely other end. And there's so many um, different facets that you could focus in, different specialties, I guess. Um, but I didn't know that it was people that I really wanted to pursue until I started getting more people in front of my camera. And um, I think at this point we know I like to talk. (laughs) (laughs) And and I I just, I really just love people. I've always been um, interested in conversation and interested in getting to, really getting to know people. But until I figured out that I could put my camera in between those conversations and and then really get something out of somebody else, Um, I knew that that was kind of a skill that I didn't have developed enough. So it did, it took me a lot of time to figure out, okay, it's people. Now, what do I like about people? Okay. Well, I like to, I like to talk. I like conversations. So, um, I like hearing their stories. Oh, okay, cool. Now let's piece something together. Okay. Let's do a portrait session. Okay. Well, I had a cool conversation and that resulted in some interesting photographs. Now, how can I piece this together? And, um, particularly with, with this project Queen City, I never really pursued this kind of like reportage or journalism type vibe. And I knew that was something that I wanted to stretch into. Um, I really love portraits. I, I definitely consider myself a portrait photographer, but I think it's this other and this interesting journalism, gritty, raw, capturing these moments that, um, it was an, it was a space I really wanted to explore. So that's kind of what those were things that I really wanted to hone in before I jumped into a project like this. So because I knew, go ahead. No, so it was less about any sort of photographic technical skill. It was more about how to how to build a narrative and how to draw something out from people in a way that you didn't do in portraiture. Absolutely, yeah. I think. You know, I was just making cool for cool, you know, (laughs) Uh, if that makes any sense. You know, you you just want to capture stuff because you okay, it looks cool. But, you know, I I've had some really amazing experiences. And, you know, with David and um, he kind of beat that into me. And I mean that in the most loving way possible. (laughs) But he kind of he what's the content here? What are we saying here? You know, um, And even though we were relating to the video project that we were working on, it was, you know, it it really spoke to me. Okay, like we have to tell a story here. We can't just make cool images all day. We have to be able to kind of stitch a narrative together. It was never really about technical skill. I, I'm, I don't know, I guess I would consider myself a little bit of a nerd. So figuring out the aperture and the shutter speed and the light goes off and boom, okay, you got an image and then let's improve upon that. That was always something that, um, I had really good help from friends and then from assisting, but it was stitching narratives together that I knew was the skill I really wanted to perfect or at least hone in on in order to dive into, uh, you know, a personal project like this. So what did you find for you was the story with this particular, you know, community of people? So I think um, one of the things for me that was – it was also a happy accident with this project was I, um, I applied for this uh, – it it's called the Young Photographers Alliance. And um, I did it just to see if I could get a mentorship. And um, I was fortunate enough that I, sub, you know, I submitted some work and they accepted me. And then they kind of – they posed me with this, uh, this title 
or a title that we would want to shoot around. And at this point, I already told myself I'm shooting this Queen City project. I want to know these people. I want to know what they're about and get inside their heads a little bit. Um, but they gave me the topic of boundaries. So we were kind of launched in the space of, okay, what boundaries do you want to explore? Well, you know, for me going into a space, first off, I mean, in Pennsylvania, you know, there are many people who are progressive here, but I've also seen a side that's not so progressive and not so, um, you know, forward thinking. So when I discovered this bar and then I figured out that it was like one of the only, you know, one of the only gay bars in my area, I, I was like, this is, this is interesting to me because I was born and raised in New York and I, I was used to just like, okay, you know, people have their own lifestyles and you, you just, you're accepting of it and that's the thing. But I felt when I moved here to Pennsylvania, it was a little bit different. It was kind of, you know, you got to keep it in the shadows type of a deal. Um, and I'm not saying that everybody's like that, but I'm saying from some of my experiences, what I wanted to do is maybe, you know, explore, um, explore a space that people might be uncomfortable with. And then in finding out more about um, my subjects' lives and stuff, I also had to confront some things that I, you know, I found myself maybe a little uncomfortable with in conversation or seeing seeing them um, transition in the these beautiful women and and talk, you know, kind of talking to myself about that. And it's like, this is performance art, or what exactly is this, you know? So we were kind of expanding on this, going from this boundaries topic to exploring within myself and then trying to push that out into my community in a way that people might be able to cross a boundary themselves, um, which I thought was very important. Um, yeah, I, I, I know that's a little bit of a long winded way to explain that, but it, I guess it's just what I, what I felt about it. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Uh, well, access is essential for making something like this happen. And, you know, I'm sure that this is a guarded community in some respects, because as you said, of the way that uh, people can view them. So how did you gain, gain their trust? Um, yes, yeah, it's, re- it's really interesting. I, I started going to the bar um, and just asking questions. Um, I, I would sit down. I, I knew that things just from going to bars myself, I knew that things really wouldn't pop off until like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. But I would get there around 9.45 and I'd just grab a drink and I would talk to the bartender. And, you know, I would just slowly ask, okay, so is drag night every night? And then we would explain, you know, he would explain a little bit, oh no, you know, it's like Thursday, Friday. And then sometimes on Saturdays they have like a, um, what they call a pump star, which is, it's kind of like a local competition, um, for, you know, um, those who are participating in the drag scene to kind of come up, which I thought was really cool. And then I just kind of riffed off of questions like that. And then I'd spend time, maybe an hour, um, just kind of hanging out with a drink and then I'd leave. And then I would ask, you know, Oh, so who runs the drag show? And then I just kind of slowly, once they realized that, I wasn't there to, for any harm. Mm -hmm. I think people really need to get that, you know, when you're diving into a space that's not yours or when you're entering, you know, a world that you know nothing about, you can't pretend like you know about it. You know, I know that I 
know how to photograph. I know how to, I know how to photograph a couple of things, but I don't know. I didn't know the drag scene at all. And I couldn't pretend that, that I did, you know, I had to really go in there as someone who was wanting to know and really wanting to, um, to learn about these people. So by asking those questions and kind of really just, you know, um, being respectful and then being, um, receptive to what they had to say and, and not just, Oh, okay. Can I get backstage now? You know, wanting to know who they were was really essential in being able to get that kind of access. Was, was there a breakthrough moment? Cause there's sometimes, uh, there's like a gatekeeper in every community and that, <laughs> and if, and if they say, okay, the kid's cool, everyone else falls in line. Did, who was that for you? And what was that moment? Yeah. Um, well, Jerry is, uh, he runs the, the shows and he's also the manager of the, of the bar. So I knew that that would be the, the person to go for. And by this point, I already met one of my, one of the people who became one of my main subjects, Tim. And I was kind of just explaining to him. And, um, one of the first nights we met, <laughs> he, you know, he said, you want, you want to really see something. And he was already dre- dressed in full drag. And he said, you know, um, he's like, I bet you've never seen, <laughs> seen a woman, uh, take a piss before. And he, <laughs> <laughs> and he took me into the bathroom and I have this, I have this picture. It's not on, on the site. I have this awesome picture of him at the urinal with like a hand up on the, on the wall, just like, you know, just like a guy would at a bar, just like, you know, doing his thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, from there, you know, he, I, it was such, um, it was such an amazing moment. And it was also one of those things like, I cannot believe this is happening, you know? But then from that interaction, he kind of said, I I think you're okay. I'm going to introduce you to Jerry. And then Jerry and I had a couple conversations and then slowly but surely, you know, he, um, he realized what I'm trying to do as an artist. And he said, yeah, go backstage. And, um, you know, for a while I, I definitely felt like I was walking on eggshells cause you don't want to say the wrong thing and you don't want to capture them in a way that doesn't look, um, doesn't look good. You want to be able to turn particular for me. I want to be able to turn my camera around to them and be like, look at that. You, this transformation is beautiful or it's amazing how, um, you do your makeup and you transform into this incredible person. So then from stuff like that and being able to show, you know, what, you know, Jerry, that gatekeeper was, it kind of really helped develop me to get in with the rest of the cast. So that was, uh, that was really important. Did, Did it take several, several visits before they got so used to you that you were virtually invisible? Absolutely. Yeah. I only feel, you know, I've been working on the project for about a, um, a, almost a year now. No, actually a little bit over a year. And only up until now are they just like, oh, it's just Andrew, you know, just do your thing. It's just Andrew. No big deal. And they've, you know, they've introduced me to other people as their photographer and stuff. And, you know, I think, I also think for them, a lot of this is about performing in front of people and, and, you know, really kind of expressing themselves. So I think that from their end, it's, 
you know, it's kind of cool to have somebody following you around after a while, especially once we kind of gain that rapport of check these images out. Oh, okay. They, they liked what they saw. And then it's kind of, you know, it's this relationship now. So, um, but I will say, you know, it took a lot of time, a lot of time spent, um, back backstage and then in the crowd trying to get the best images I could in order for them to realize that, Number one, I'm on their team. And number two, I'm here to do some, I'm here to do some work, you know, I'm here to really get something that I'm happy with and that, um, hopefully they would be happy with too. But yeah, only until recently did they start to really, um, just totally ignore me, which as a photographer, it's like most of us dress in black. We just want to <laughs> be in the corner. You know what I mean? Like we just kind of want to be invisible and, um, they've given me that and it's, uh, it's been really rewarding. And now I'd like to take the time to thank our sponsors. I discover a few of the photographers that I interview for the show by discovering them on Flickr, Tumblr, or 500px. And as wonderful as the images are on those sites, the next thing I want to do is visit their website. It's there where I get to appreciate more than just a single image. I get to discover the entirety of their work and get a fuller experience of their own photographic vision. That's why I think it's so important to have a website, and Squarespace allows you to create one that does you and your work justice. If you haven't had the opportunity to see how your body of work looks when presented on a professionally produced website, you have a great opportunity to do that today. Find out for yourself by taking advantage of their 14-day free trial. You don't need a credit card, just create an account and go for it. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code CANDIDFRAME to get 10% off and to show your support for the show. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. Having photographed this, this for a year, you've probably gone through different phases. Uh, tell me about a moment where you may have been struggling with what you were capturing specifically when uh, my question is, is a big part of this is avoiding cliche. Yeah. So did, how, you know, how did you contend with those moments where you felt like you were just making pictures that other people have already made before? And what did it take for you to sort of move beyond that and to say something that only you could say? Yeah. Um, great. It's a really great question. Uh, I think one of the biggest things for me was, um, was research. I needed to research this in order to really do it right. And, um, I was actually just kind of hanging out and this was once I already committed myself to the project. Um, I was just kind of hanging out with my wife and she, she was on Buzzfeed and she was like, did you see this? I'm like, uh, no. (laughs) So she's like, check this out. Somebody has been photographing drag queens, um, And they did this really interesting thing that was, you know, half man, half their persona as a woman. And I said, okay, well, that's interesting. That's, that's a, that's a unique voice. Yes. You're showing something that's, you know, kind of both sides of the coin. And then I really started to dive into research. Um, I wanted to dig deeper. I wanted to see everything that was done. You know, and I saw a lot of interesting that kind of led me through the rabbit's hole of like looking at burlesque for performers backstage and these intimate moments backstage. Um, And then also through my um, my mentorship, 
Um, one of my mentors was actually Andrew Hetherington. And he's a, he's a fantastic editorial photographer. And he gave me a couple links of that, that also led me into burlesque performers and getting this, um, this sense of closeness and, um, and, you know, fading into the background and being able to just capture things as they happen. And for me, I didn't want to fall into the cliche, you know, I know they're men and I know they're men that dress up as women. That's the, that's the two plus two equals four thing. But I wanted to really celebrate them as women. And the transformation process for me was interesting because one, I've never seen it before. And then two, once they were finished, I I mean, I don't care who you are. They look like beautiful women, you know? And I really wanted to get somebody to, to have that click in their head. You know, these are, yes, this is an alternative lifestyle and you have to really sink yourself into it in order to, to get it. You know, even only after a year of doing this, I'm really starting to see it and be like, this is, this is art on stage. This is amazing performance art. And the transformation was so beautiful. I think the crux of what I was trying to do is to show that a man can confidently and really interestingly become a beautiful woman. And, and I wanted to celebrate that. I really did. Um, there are some portraits in the project. Um, and those portraits were, you know, the entire time where I was, you know, conversing with my subject, it was, we want to celebrate this. We want to bring this out. You know, I wanted to bring this out to the public. I want people to see this and I want them to see you as this beautiful woman that, that you embody when you're on stage. And to me, I guess that's my personal take on it. And I'm sure there are so many people out there who are photographing similar things. But for me, my voice was to celebrate them as these, uh, these beautiful women, um, that they embody when they perform. Yeah. Well, from your experience, tell me, what is a drag queen? Because a lot of people will automatically uh, associate with being gay or being a transvestite. But uh-huh. the drag queen, it's his own unique uh, persona. Yeah. And, and for you, what what do you, if you know, if I am asking you, what what is that? What does that mean? Or what does it mean to the people that you, that you ended up photographing? For me, I could, I could confidently say, to for my subjects um they really want to just be that that the most confident and the most beautiful woman on stage at, and perform you know and there are different aspects of that too some of them do it because it is funny you know there's humor involved in this and some of them explore that humor and they really kind of live within that and then some of them they kind of, they become this sexy, you know, kind of like a prowling sex kitten, if you will. Um, they want people to look at them and just really kind of be desirable. And you could definitely see these different paths that they take. And I think drag in particular it has so many different facets, you know, and they're obviously the, you know, there are super famous drag queens out there. But uh, to me, from what I saw and from the questions I asked, there are many different motivations. Um, some of it is to just genuinely be that beautiful woman on stage that everybody's looking at. And then some of them are to get some humor out of the crowd and to explore a space that I think the viewer 
wouldn't necessarily explore themselves. They're kind of putting something in front of you that, that you might not have seen before. And they want you to, they want you to crack or they want you to really find yourself enjoying it when you might not have done so on, on your own accord. And I think, um, it's really about, it's, it's about testing the viewer, um, about what they're comfortable with. But I think from a performer's end, it's really just about, it's about really, um, it's performance art. I really, really genuinely believe, uh, genuinely believe that, um, that it's, that it's a performance art that they're doing. It's not just look at these guys dance around in heels on stage. It's, I am performing. This is art. What I'm making here, you know, the countless hours I take into these, into my makeup and, and my hair and, um, my clothing is not, you know, is not to be taken lightly. Um, it's just, uh, if you were to go and see a performance artist in any facet, you know, um, you would want them to, you would want to come to the table with, with that respect. Like I'm here to see something that, that is going to change the way I think or something that's going to give me some pause. And I think that's, uh, that's definitely what they, uh, what they're going for. What, what did you learn about the audience? I mean, so it, we know it's a gay bar. There's obviously a lot of, um, you know, there are people looking it just like any other club, you know, um, they're looking to meet singles and the hookup, whatever. But when the performance were to go, when, when it was time to perform, I, it was the most interesting thing that would happen is everybody would kind of, they would have their drink. They would toss it to the side. Everybody would run downstairs because it's, um, they have an eight, it's a split. So it's, um, it's 18 to enter 21 to drink. So if people were upstairs and they were drinking, they would bail on their drinks and everybody would run downstairs. If they were dancing, the entire dance floor would clear out. And I found that over time, um, I, after I would start to see the regulars, you, um, you would really see how excited they were for this next big thing to come out. You know, there are your performers that are there every Thursday, um, but they always try and bring something new to the table. And especially what, um, what I was talking about, the pump star competition, mm-hmm. they have new talent that's coming out and these performers are hungry, just like I'm hungry as a younger photographer. And I'm sure that any Anybody listening to this at one point, whether you're a photographer or you're an accountant or you are a working at a deli counter, you are hungry at one point to move up in, in your position, whether it be for the time being or for an extended period of time where you're trying to really move up the ranks. That audience, they see that as who is coming up. Like they are just so hungry themselves to see who's the next big talent, who's going to blow my mind and who am I going to talk about until next week, until the next show. So to see the audience get real quiet, you know, have a lot of pause to me was incredible because as soon as the first performer would walk out on stage, it would erupt. You know, people are throwing they're throwing dollars onto the stage. Some of the performers would have, I remember one performer had an umbrella and when they opened it up, all this glitter shot out all over the place. I mean, it was just absolutely insane. It was absolutely crazy, you know, and, and points like that where the, you can feel there's this electricity within the room. You just, it's undeniable. And I think, um, 
I think that was one of the things that I started to chase as I was pursuing this project was, oh man, I mean, I, I cannot wait for Thursday night. It's just going to be electric. You know, you just start to chase that feeling over and over again. Um, it was just really, it's really, really incredible what the, uh, what the performers, uh, can do to an, to an audience. And, and then to me as a photographer, um, experiencing that myself. Tell me about the relationships that the performers have with each other. Oh, okay. Um, so there are three main performers on my website, um, Tim, John, and Ariel. Uh, Tim and John are actually partners. Um, so their relationship is amazing. They, I watch them. I've watched them grow as a couple. I see their support. I think it's just, it's absolutely incredible, you know, cause it's one thing, oh, okay. The drag scene is what it is, but then they're, they're a couple. So they're backing each other up and they're, you know, they're helping each other out with their makeup. I have these really intimate moments of them. Um, even off moments, that are quiet and just kind of, to me, I'm just looking at them as a couple like I would any other couple. And I just think it's just so cool that I'm here to experience some of this stuff. And then Ariel is an absolutely amazing performer. And I, I think the relationship that they have, the three of them, and the reason why I really focused on the three of them is because they're a really tight knit group. Um, I used to be in bands and I feel that they have that similar energy where it's, we're all performing separately, but we're, we're just in it, you know, we're in it as a group and we're here to just crush the crowd and make them, make them ours, you know, make them throw as many dollars out as possible. They want to buy us drinks after, you know, all that stuff, but they're really kind of a, a, a group to me and they, um, they really, really care about each other, which I think thought was was really unique i was expecting you know wigs being tossed around and people going crazy on each other like disagreements and all this stuff but i really didn't find that i felt that they know that what they're doing is very special and they want to they want to stick together and um i thought that i just thought that was so cool As much as you and I may love available light, there are times when flash or strobe is required. But if you're like me, you don't necessarily want to get into the complexity or the cost of a strobe system. Often a speed light can provide you everything you need. But to get beyond the look of built-in flash, a light modifier like the Sabre Strip allows you to move far beyond the harsh, unflattering look of an on-camera flash. The Sabre Strip's lightweight tubular design allows you to use your existing speed light to create a beautiful quality of light for both indoors and out. The quality of the light is ideal for portraits, close-up work, and so much more. Whether you handhold it or secure it on a light stand, it's easy to position to get the look you're hoping for. Dis discover for yourself how the Sabre Strip can transform your lighting by visiting their site at saberstrip.com. There you can see examples of what this special light modifier can do. And when you order, remember to use the offer code TCF1 to receive your 10% discount. Saber Strip, the evolution of small flash. Well, tell me about some of the technical challenges in terms of shooting this, because bars and clubs are notorious for not being photo friendly. 
and I can just take a look at your images and, and, and imagine some of the uh, some of the challenges you face in terms of lighting and, and being able to get a good position for a, a photograph. Tell us about that. Oh yeah. Um, so if you look at the images, it is, I'm essentially in a pitch black room, (laughs) (laughs) not exactly a photographer's best friend. Um, but I really wanted to, you know, I wanted to test myself. Like I was saying earlier, um, portraits have always been my thing, but, um, I have a dear friend of mine, his name's Drew Gurian and he, he really pursues backstage music photography and um, he just does such beautiful work, but he's often in situations like this where it's like, oh, um, I, I, I'll be like, Drew, how did you do that? That's incredible. And he's like, oh, well, I had five minutes and I was in a black box. So I don't know. I just pulled it out of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, for me, I think it was a totally different approach. I I wasn't using lights or I, at first I wasn't using lights. I wanted to strip myself of everything that I'm normally doing. Um, and I started using a smaller camera. I I was actually, I shot a majority of this project on, um, a Fuji mirrorless camera and I wanted just to be able to push myself and get as close as I could. And, um, you know, at times do things that I would never do like straight flash. I started, you know, using just, um, a handheld flash and I was like, I'm just sick of this. I'm just going to smack it on my camera and see what happens. So technically for me, the biggest thing was trying to try and get a balance of light within a, within a room that's a majority of darkness. Now there's a lot of stage lighting and stuff, but I want to make sure that there's depth and dimension and, and interest, you know, cause how many pictures do you look at and it's just, okay, this is, something's here, but for me personally, you know, I didn't want it to be something that somebody could scroll past. I wanted to give them pause. I wanted them to stop. I really wanted them to look at it. So, um, for me, I really was trying to use, if there was stage lighting, I'm using that stage lighting to wrap their face in an interesting way or silhouette them in a way where they just look larger than life or, um, or just, you know, you could tell it's that, beautiful performers moment where they're just kind of sitting on the stage and everybody's eyes are on them. You could just feel that. I think for me, it was going from where I had all of the control in my lighting to having almost no control. That was the biggest technical challenge. And, um, it forced me to look at a lot of photography too. Um, uh, Bruce Gilden comes to mind. Um, some of the shots where I was using flash, he has this, he had this way of just like putting the flash like down low on the ground and just like bombarding his subject with the flash. Uh, To me, I, at first when I was younger, I would look at that and I'd just be like, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But then I started to see how, how smart it was and how interesting it was. So I started using just a straight flash to just see what happened. And I got some really interesting results, but ultimately for me, the, the technical aspects were, getting away from all the things that I was so accustomed to and diving into something that was just, I'm ex I'm exploring as a photographer. I'm trying to be an artist. I'm just diving into this realm where there is no safety net. It's like I could shoot an entire night and I might not get one image, but damn, am I trying, I'm busting my ass to get those images. I'm really trying to push forward and be creative. And, and I think to me, those technical aspects, those struggles are what really has has 
it's pushed me into a different realm of photography and, and I'm very grateful for that. I think that's the biggest um, part of, of shooting a personal body of work. You have no idea what you are capable of until you are just, you know, your backs against the wall type of a deal. You're in a space that you've never explored before. Um, that to me was a super interesting aspect of dealing with these technical challenges, both from an art perspective and then, you know, from a buttons and dials perspective. You know, in several of your shots, you are really up close and personal. And uh, I love those shots because I'm, I'm put right into that space. I'm put right into that dressing room. And, and I'm wondering, was that a challenge for you in terms of being able to broach that, that, you know, that comfort zone that most people have in terms of you entering their space for you to make that, that better photograph? Yes. Uh, total, total challenge on my part. And, um, I have to relate back to my, to, I mean, he's a great mentor of mine. He's, he's one of my best friends as well. But, um, you know, when I would show these images to, to Drew, he would look at them and he would go, you're not, you're not close enough. You're just not close enough. And we would look through them and, you know, he would say, this looks good. This looks good. Uh, but you're, you got to capture more. You got to get in there. You know, I, I want to feel like I'm there. And, um, I'm so glad that you said that because I mean, even to this day, I'll look at the images and I'll go, did I, am I really doing it the way I want to? Am I close enough? You know, I always have drew kind of in the back of my mind, like get closer, get closer, mm -hmm. get closer. And now I'm at the point where I would rather have them be like, okay, Andrew, like, dude, I could feel your breath on me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, please move back a little bit. So now I, I broke that barrier within myself. Um, you know, I, and it's another thing that I had to pull out of myself in order to do, you know, get close. You want to see the person you want to, I want to be able to, to feel that person, you know, um, David Allen Harvey is, you know, he's known for saying, shoot what it feels like. I, I wanted that so badly. Um, and, and, um, pushing forward and getting close was, was part of that. And a lot of the time somebody, they would stop like, you know, and kind of smile awkwardly at the camera. And I'd be like, just try and forget I'm here. I'm just documenting this. I want to see this for me. And, um, that was really fun. It was a super fun process of, you know, just breaking that barrier, constantly pushing myself forward. How have you become a better photographer? What, what have you discovered that you never could have anticipated as a result of working on this project? It's, uh, it's within the relationships with my subjects in this, in this body of work that has, has made me a better photographer. Um, really being able to kind of sit down and get to know them as people and, and to use, it's also going back to using my camera. Like when I first started, when we were first talking about snapping photos because, oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is interesting. That to me, to have that kind of almost, you know, childlike feel again, to be able to just look at something and I, I want to grab that because it's interesting to me. That to me has really kind of given me this looseness um, that I, that I never thought I would have. And that has really made me, I think as a, a much better photographer. Um, 
And I even look at my work, you know, I look at some of the work on my website and I think every photographer thinks this, they look at their work and they go, oh my God, you know, why is this up here? And constantly second guessing yourself. But diving into a project like this has given me the ability to be more loose and to just make images again. Like I've, like I've been wanting to make images, not, not stiff, not in a studio, not five minutes with my subject, but a year with these people. And, um, and it comes from those relationships. You know, if I didn't take that time first off to, to leave my damn house and then go to try and do this, it would have never, it would have never come to be. And I think, uh, you know, it's a lot with in yourself. And I had to really reach inside myself because I'm not always the most confident person, especially when it comes to your work, you know, you put your work out there and, and the whole, you know, it has a potential for the whole world to see and you want it to be the best. And, um, I knew that if I just kept driving and driving and pushing into this project as much as I could, that I could really turn out something, um, that I never could before. And, um, I think that's really what made me a better photographer and looking forward in my career. I like that looseness. I like that kind of that feeling of, okay, I have one light and one camera and, uh, let's just, let's just rip into this and see what happens. That has really, it's really pushed me in the ends, the ends of photography that I never thought I would explore. What's, what's the best thing you've heard from your subjects about the photographs when you've, when you've shared them with them? I was actually just reviewing the site with, um, after a night with, with the girls. <laughs> um, and we were, we were hanging out at a friend's house and they were just looking through it and they said, you know, this is real art. And you know, that to me, I, I don't think you could ask much more as someone who takes pictures for, for fun, you know, or for their living. I've been doing this for so long. Um, you know, and then you show people work and you always have people who are like, Oh, that camera takes great pictures, you know, that whole deal. But when somebody really looks at it and, and they, you know, they all kind of collectively said like, this is, you're making art here. I, you know, you're almost in tears. You're like, I don't even know what to do. You know what I mean? You're just so overwhelmed. Um, that to me was one of the greatest things I could ever hear. And how are you, what are you planning in terms of getting the work, uh, getting the work out there, getting an audience for it? Well, um, the, my experience with the Young Photographers Alliance was huge. The mentorship with, um, with Andrew Hetherington and there was actually another photographer, um, Steve Geralt. They both really helped me develop this project. Um, I recently had a small, it was a small scale gallery show at the art directors club in Manhattan that has kind of given me a big push. Um, basically I, I mean, I gonna just start showing the work more, uh, and you know, making promos and, and you know, it, I think a lot of people, they just put the work on the website and they go, okay, I'm done now. But for me, I'm just also accessing people in my local area you know, small galleries or even a coffee house or something like that. And just being like, check this out. I'm local. I'm here. I love making art, you know, um, and putting it out there, you know? And I think obviously social media and stuff is, is a great tool. 
I don't think I'm very good at it. So every now and then I just kind of, you know, drop a line about the project. But um, what I'm actually looking forward to do um, for this project is I'm just going to continue to do it, continue to grind into it. And um, I, I want to explore uh, this these people with video. I want to interview them. I want to dive more into their story because um, for me, yes, I'm making the images, but I don't want to make it about me. I want to make it about these people and how incredible they are and uh, and celebrate that instead of, you know, look at these fancy pictures I took. You know, mm. I, I want people to really get to know my subjects. So I think to get it out there, I think I'm just going to continue to produce more work. Um, I would love to eventually turn it into a book or something like that or a, a mix of things. Um but yeah, I think in, in grinding into this project and, and putting out more images and just getting more people aware to it, um, that's how I kind of intend to, you know, just to get it out there. That's awesome. Well, my last question that I ask each guest is that I ask them to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore on their own. And it can be anyone, someone you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered. So who would that one photographer be and why? Um, so I thought long and hard about this, <laughs> about this question because, um, I've been listening to the podcast for so long and, I, and I'm like, oh man, I, I, I don't know who, uh, who I'm going to say, but, um, I hope this doesn't qualify as cheating a Barian X, but it's a, it's a team and it's, uh, it's Brinson and Banks. Uh, and it's uh, it's Kendrick Brinson and David Walter Banks. They're a husband and wife duo. And uh, for me, their work is very loose. Um, it's very much about color. And um, they're just great at what they do. They, they have a beautiful lifestyle look and just really nice portraiture. And if this makes any sense, they, they have these beautiful, quiet moments with really loud color, beautiful color and beautiful gesture. And, um, I'm just really stoked on them. They, they're somebody that I, I caught on to maybe a year ago and I just find myself going back to their work. Oh, cool. I, look, I haven't heard of them before. I look forward to checking him out. Yeah. They're actually LA based. Um, oh, are they? they? Okay. Yeah. They're super, super cool work. You'd love it. So where can people go to find out more about you and, and your work? Um, you can find me at andrewthomasino.com. That's uh, T-O-M-A-S-I-N-O.com. Uh, and I'm also at Andrew Tomasino on Instagram and uh, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, I already said Instagram, so that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Um, thanks, man. It was a real pleasure to, to talk to you and to find out more about this great project. Barry and X, it was an absolute honor. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the show. The Candid Frame is brought to you by the generous contributions of listeners like you. To help support the work we do at TCF, please take the time to make a donation via PayPal for $10, $20, $50, or more. Your contributions have helped to make the show what it is. I'd also like to thank our audio engineer, Martin Taylor, who you can find at theothermartintaylor.com, and our music is provided by Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at incompetech.com. And this is Ibarian X, and this is The Candid Frame.